Welcome back to Media's Performance Podcast. Today I'm joined by the one and only Shane Finn, a fellow Irishman from County Kerry in the southwest of Ireland. Shane joins me today to talk about, well, lots of different things. We talk about <laughs> a few different subjects as I normally do, but uh, we really focus on Shane's accolades as a runner. Shane has undertaken some crazy events. Uh, from running 12 marathons in 12 days. He's run 24 marathons in 24 days. He's completed numerous races, marathons, Ironmans, cycled and ran across the US in 36 days. Um, He's worked as a personal trainer, he's owned a gym, and he's got some other crazy challenges uh, in the pipeline as well. And he's also raised quite a sizable amount of money as well for charity and talks about that in some of the stories of how that has affected people in a positive manner. So I hope you really enjoy this podcast. Before we jump into this, um, if you are interested in leaving a review on iTunes or where you get your podcast, we'd really appreciate it on Media's Performance Podcast. Um, as always, if you have any feedback for the podcast, please email me at ian.dunican at mediasconsulting.com.au or if there's any subjects you'd like us to look at, um, 
you know, we're more than happy to take those on and, and try and organize some guests for those um, specific episodes. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Enough rambling on. Here we go. This is Shane Finn. Good stuff, man. Good to glad good to chat. Good thanks for having me on and looking for it's a it's a I wouldn't say it's a dreary December morning here in, in Southwest Ireland, but it's not too bad. Sorry. We'll take it. We'll take it. Right. We have some international listeners in this podcast, one or two. We're not we're not as popular as your podcast, yeah, but we do have a few. <laughs> They're dedicated, loyal subjects who would have been gone. What in the name of God were those guys speaking? That's an ancient language called Irish. So I just want to clarify this because somebody said to me actually this morning in the coffee shop, I just thought speaking Irish was speaking English with an Irish accent. I'm like, no, it's actually its own language. And we did speak it for many years until we were under occupation from the English and then we didn't we lost our language and now we have probably less than two percent of people speaking it. Mm. And it is a it is a language, but it's strong down around your part of the world around Kerry. It is. It's very strong, and I'm actually one of the part of the two percent. Um, I'm lucky enough. I'm fluent in Irish, which is which is great. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fluent, fluent in Irish, so I do a lot of interviews. Um, Asquelg, as we say, um, on Radio Gaelic and stuff like that down here in Kerry. So where where I'm from, uh, just for context uh, for international listeners, if you look at the island of Ireland, we're down the very southwest corner, and my little uh, my training loops and stuff here, uh, running and biking. If I go any further west, next stop is New York. So that's kind of uh, you know, just for context down the bottom corner and to the west that's where we are so yeah irish really from dingletown west on the peninsula um you know we have children here in, in the peninsula that, that don't speak english until they go to primary school you know so it's still very strong here still part of the culture a lot of the pubs and restaurants you'd be served in irish if they knew you were an irish speaker um and things like that and it's really nice like Again, I suppose you'd understand this, Ian. If I was to sit down and do an Irish exam, like a written exam, I'd probably fail it, but I could hold a conversation on live radio, no problem, you know? So it's, it's yeah. just one of those things that I kind of kept after school. You know, my, my mother spoke to me quite a lot, uh, which was great. And then, um, you know, just with the events and stuff I was doing, the charity work, I always got asked to do these uh, interviews. So I continued to speak it and then people knew I spoke it. So people continued speaking it to me, especially older people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was nice. That's great. So you, uh, you've yeah. done some stuff on TG4, which is the Irish um, channel, and then Radio Nagueltuk as well? Yeah, TG Cahar is four. TG Cahar is four, so Hendo three Cahar, one, two, three, four. Um, and then, yeah, TG Cahar is fun. We have a local uh, local guy here, Sean Makatihi. So Sean, she, he's, a, he's a reporter for RTE, and he does a lot of the TG Cahar stuff. And then Radio Nagueltuk, my best friend's, um, long-term girlfriend is like the main interviewer on that so everybody kind of knows me and everybody yeah, knows yeah, yeah. it's usually pretty easy to be honest I don't I never really caught in the hop or anything like that but um, no it's all good it's great to have it as well you know I'm, I'm always trying I think it, it is it's a funny that you, you you mentioned that it's two percent because I think it is actually literally just over two percent of people in Ireland yeah. that can speak Irish and that can you know that can have a conversation but it's actually it's it's we've seen a bit of a turn in the last couple of years that it's becoming almost kind of cool again um for young people to speak Irish which I think is great like we we do a lot of um 
you know, when I used to own a gym in a former life. Um, I think one of your, your previous guests, Arthur, I've, I've, uh, I've met Arthur many times, but we used to have a lot of um, students that would come to Dingle for uh, like two, three weeks at a time learning Irish. And we do a lot of their sessions and stuff with them in Irish, which is, which is kind of cool as well. And those mm-hmm. kids would go on to be teachers and stuff. And they then pass that on to the kids that they're teaching and, and, and things like that. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool. I feel like it's, it's getting a bit better, but um, yeah, we'll have to keep working on it. Like everything, you know. And, and have you found, Shane, that that may have, has that led you to learn any other languages? Have you like taken on Spanish or French or anything else like that? Has that kind of opened um, a, a, a kind of a, a passion for it? <laughs> not really to be honest because i think as kids it was all beaten into us we just ended up hating languages yeah, uh, yeah. but then as i got older i was kind of like oh i wish you know i had learned more about the actual history of the irish language i would have you know i still can obviously if i want to but i think at school if they made irish cooler to learn like more about the history and how mm. part of our heritage and our culture rather than um, and it's more of our identity as irish people i think that would have really helped me um stay on trend with it if that makes sense um, and I yeah, think it I, I, a lot of other, other people too I, I totally agree with you and I, I you know yeah. I think that the way Irish is taught in Ireland is absolutely disgraceful really to be honest it with you because it's just beaten into, it's just beaten into you and you read a story yeah. you read a poem and if you don't know it you get clattered in the head and you know it's yeah. not a bit fun at all and I've been learning Spanish as an adult and it's really fun and I feel feel I probably know more Spanish now than I do Irish but it's a weird because when I'm learning Spanish often Irish words will pop into my head but I, I really feel sad as a, as an Irish person that I, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't even say master the language. I didn't have a good grasp on it that I could, you know, have a conversation because I think it's a great tragedy that we have lost our language and mm-hmm. we haven't revived it in a practical sense. I would, you know, in, in homes or on the street or in shops. And so sometimes like just to say a few words, I feel like we're just, you know, keeping the torch alive, you know, even mm-hmm. here, like just on a podcast for a joke or something. I just yeah. feel like, you know, it should be we should be kind of keeping it going. I I would hate to see it like completely vanish from mm-hmm. from the world. You know, so it's, it's great that well, people are still speaking. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit sheltered from it here as well because again, uh, only just this morning, um, I you spoke about the, I went to coffee shop and I had a conversation with a man completely in Irish just in the queue because we're still uh, uh, you still can't sit in and stuff in places oh, here yeah, yet. Yeah. So we're in the queue and this guy now is from the girl took like wet the, the, the rural part of West Kerry and like he he would not speak and if I spoke English to him he probably wouldn't reply to me. So there's some still really hardcore Gael Gores, as we say around here, but um, yeah, yeah. you know, even even at football matches and stuff, you know, everything's Askelga. You know, even like the the things that have been shouted at the referee and all the all the tactics and things like that. A lot of I'm a yeah, yeah, well, there's a couple of other uh, crosswords there as well that that they're showing out too. But um, no, it's good. It's still it's just, it's just nice to have. And you know, I think as you said, it's uh, not to keep going on about it, but I think if they change the way they're teaching it in schools, make it make it cool. You know, make it mm. make it relatable to young people and say, look, this is, you know, we're we're a relatively new country when you think about it, and it's it's a shame that it's kind of gone. You know, so. I, I always said if you put people's pay slips or checks or you put the bar menu in Irish, people at fucking soon soon learn to speak Irish. There you go. Anyway, Shane, the reason I had you on today for our guests, so a brief intro. I've been on Shane's podcast called Pushing Limits twice, talking about sleep and performance. And for anybody who's been listening to this podcast, you heard me speak about that ad nauseum. Um, and so I've had, I want to have Shane on because it is uh, 2021. People are setting new goals for the year. And Shane has completed some crazy events in his life. Well, I wouldn't say crazy, but inspiring events is probably a better word. Um, you know, for those of you who have listened to me and know me, you know, I often partake in some what you would classify as crazy events. But Shane's done some, we'll say even crazier, but inspiring ones. So 
Shen, doing the veil now, which means close your mouth now for a minute. <laughs> See, that's the most common phrase we heard in school. Do the veil, shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to list out a few of Shen's uh, great achievements. Shen, you ran your first marathon in 2010. So that was when I think I ran my first ultra marathon. But since then, you've run 12 marathons in 12 days. And for those people listening, a marathon is 42.2 Ks or 26 odd miles in the old money. You've also ran 24 marathons in 24 days. So you've doubled your efforts there. You've completed numerous races, one-off marathons and Iron, Ironman triathlon. So Ironman triathlon is a 3.8 K swim, 180 K bike ride plus a 42 K run. So it's not like a fun triathlon. It's a, it's a big one. You've also cycled and ran across the USA in 36 days. I don't know if somebody was chasing you. Um, and you've also then been working in six years as a personal trainer and you've worked in as a corporate speaker for a range of different companies. And you have this great, um, you know, website, shanefin.com, and you've got Pushing Limits as a podcast on there, which is hugely popular. Lots of coaching, lots of services, but we're going to dig into a few of those um, as we go. So in context, I think I've covered most things there, Shane, have I? You have. There's not much else really to add to my life other than what you just, <laughs> what you just And, how, and how, old, how old are you now, Shane? I'm getting old now, Ian. I just, I'm, I'm 28 now, so I'm 20, starting yeah. to push on a little bit. Yeah. There, there you go. So all those young lads out there saying you don't have time, this man here has made time and done all of those already at the ripe old age of only 20. Yeah, he's even younger than Conor McGregor. So Shane, um, let's wind it right back. You grew up yep. obviously in Ireland. You went to school. You learned Irish, as we just said. What made you get into running? What, what made you get up off the chair and go, I'm going to run a marathon? What was your, your kind of first inspiration through that? One very defining moment. Um, actually, Ian, it was... Uh, Late, very, very late, 2009. Um, and I suppose just to give the listeners some context, like I wasn't, uh, I didn't run for school. I did run in school, but the only reason I ran for the secondary school here in Dingle was because um, two reasons. We would get out of school for a day or half a day, or number two, there was girls going as well. That was the only reason I ran for school, to be honest with you. It was never really like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna get a scholarship to UL. I'm going to run track. I'm going to do all this stuff. And no, just, that was the only reason I ran for school. And I played football. So Gaelic football, we have a Gaelic football. Um, you know, we have a lot of, uh, maybe a lot of some of your listeners are out in Australia. A lot of our good Gaelic footballers would go out to the AFL. So similar sports, very similar, actually. So I played Gaelic football at quite a high level, actually. Um, so where I'm from in Kerry is a football stronghold. It's it's all we were all we played really as, as children growing up. Uh, there's no other real sports here, to be honest, other than Gaelic football. And um, so that was kind of my life. I was very, you know, it was very set in that. I love team sports. And um, it was obviously, you know, growing up as part of my identity and stuff like that. But I have a very special uh, member of my family who is a huge inspiration to me. So my cousin, my first cousin, Mary, um, we're very, very close friends and and she and I are two of the eldest cousins, we'll say, on my, my mother's side of the family. And my, my cousin Mary has a condition called spina bifida. Um, and she also has a condition called hydrocephalus. Often they're very, uh, they go hand in hand, but sometimes they don't. Um, so growing up, I, even as a child, I wasn't really, you know, I, I, I knew that life was hard for her. I knew that she couldn't come out and play with us out in the yard. She couldn't come out and play football. She's just, the poor girl would just sit there and watch us. You know what I mean? And I, I always, I remember very vividly as a child feeling bad that like maybe we shouldn't be playing in front of her because it was mean and stuff like that, you know? Um, and then just in 2009, um, I was 17 and I was just like, you know, I was just like, I'm just going to run the Dingle Marathon um, and raise money for Mary. That's genuinely what I thought I was going to be doing. 
Um, and still to this day, you know, out of all the things you've listed, the hardest thing I've ever done is that first marathon. Um, I will, I, you know, even when I speak about it, I, I, can, I can just bring back the pain. Just to, I was very, very, biologically, I was in a very bad place in that marathon. Suffered hugely. I ran six miles twice before my first marathon. Played a, a, a challenge match for the football club on the Thursday night and the marathon was Saturday morning. So a far a suboptimal preparation, let's just put it that way. But it was a massive shift in my life. It was the first time, 18 years old, a young lad growing up in Ireland, great upbringing. Um, you know, parents worked in town, had business and stuff like that. And that's kind of all I saw growing up was, you know, you work, you, you do the right thing and you work in the community, et cetera, et cetera. But it was the first time in my life I have ever had to do anything really hard like really really hard and the difference there was in a football game like we say afl or ga you've got 14 other lads there you could have a bad day but you could still win you know and you could tell yourself oh we still won but i didn't have a bad day that first marathon there's nobody's there to help you you don't have teammates you're on your own and it was a huge, I remember not being able to walk properly for two weeks. And that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a huge, that two week period, man, I'm telling you one thing. I was just like, that was fucking tough, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, so I was like, I'll do one more. So what and time did you do there, um, Shane? 5.05 was my five first marathon. Five minutes. Right. Now five in the context of marathons for me, it's not like the world record aided at the moment is just under two hours in the Olympics. It's probably around two or two to two or five. Um, you know, a decent enough runner will do a, a sub sub three. That would be like a really good standard for an amateur runner. Even under three thirty is pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, then sort of four hours is kind of probably around the midpoint or the average for most people. Four and yeah. a half is you had a bit of a bad day and four over five is your, fucking struggling isn't it really struggling, like, that's man. kind of the, the remember, groups we put people into here's a funny one right so playing sports my whole life right i never in my life got a cramp until my first marathon and really? i got it at like mile 11 yeah mile 11 <laughs> <laughs> marathon's 26 miles so i didn't yeah, even yeah. have halfway yeah but yeah. anyways from from that point on right i raised eight grand in that first marathon for the for the charity okay cool, cool us. The whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole, uh, the whole context of where I'm going to get to will, 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 it'll, it'll relate to you in a second. But you know, obviously, the whole charity thing and stuff was was great, and I, I got a lot of value from that, and it felt good to be able to help people, right? That can't help themselves, basically. Um, but on the other thing, and I didn't understand this at the time, Ian, and this goes, I suppose, a little bit deep into the mindset side of things, is that, and it's only now when I look back on it that, as a young lad, I probably lacked a lot of self confidence. Um, but it was masked and it never really showed itself because I was playing a team sport. Yeah. Whereas the other lads were there, we all kind of helped each other. Except we lost together, we won together, et cetera, et cetera. So it never really shone out. And I never really, I suppose, faced up to it, you know. But when I stood away from team sports and started got, got into the endurance stuff, it really came through. And I was like, Jesus, like, yeah, this is hard, but it actually kind of makes me feel good about myself in a kind of a selfish way. I was like, it's the yeah, first yeah. time in my life I've ever done anything for myself. Now, I'm, I know I'm doing it to help other people, but it's the only time I've ever been v- me versus me. 
you know and i was just like that's that's kind of it's kind of cool you know what i mean so then what i started to do i was like okay i'm just going to run you know i'm just going to actually train for one and then i did the cork city marathon the new york city marathon no so, like, so just just hold on there so i want to because i want to i want to map your progression so when you did the next okay. marathon what time did you do for actually, this one because you actually you know you actually train yeah, yeah. so i'm just interested <laughs> to see what was the big improvement to the next one because i love data so tell me what, what was the data point i cut off an hour and two minutes so i ran cork in 403 403 right and then you went yeah, to, yeah, yeah. and then you went to new york went to new york and ran so three 359 359 15 i think 359 um, but, yeah yeah so there was a natural enough progression and of course uh with anything you know when you're into training and performance when you start seeing progression it gets very addictive do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it was at that point in my life i was a little I, I won't lie i was i was lost right i went to college in ul uh, in limerick sorry in limerick in, in, in county limerick which is pretty close to here to study science um i hated it i absolutely hated it and i dropped out i left after six months but i love the i love college i love the i'm still friends with the, the guys i lived with one of them who's coming like on an expedition to india with us next year up the himalayas and even though we only lived together for less than a year I made some great friends and I, yeah. I actually did end up running for the college just for the crack mainly. Um, but as well, crack, not the I, drug crack is not a drug. Let's just clarify oh yeah, that. Crack just, is just an Irish term that. for fun because some people are like, is that guy talking about taking crack cocaine? Cause he's not. No wonder we, we have so some, some American listeners on the podcast. I don't want them thinking that Shane is advocating taking oh, yeah. smoking crack. No, I don't. We'd, no, be smoking, uh, we'd be smoking crack after the podcast. So it's, um, yeah, it was a, and so then I dropped out of college and I was just like, fuck, I was like, what am I going to do? You know? Yeah. Um, and the only thing that was actually there for me was running. And I was just like, I just immersed myself in running. Um, and then obviously I went back, I, you know, I studied personal training, strength conditioning, I did all my courses and stuff like that. And I was just like, I really like this fitness stuff. It, it, you know, I, I like who it's making me and my own identity was starting to change in. So I started to become a lot more confident. I was like, it was the first time in my life. And I put my hand up. I have no problem saying this because I know a lot of, maybe there's not a lot of young men listening to this podcast, but there was a point in my life where I was just like, I'm actually happy with what I'm doing. So I really clung on to the identity that I was starting to form through running because I noticed that not a lot of other people had it and not a lot of other people were doing what they really enjoyed. And, you know, at the time then myself, my business partner, Mark, we set up a gym here in Dingle and life was great. We were we were doing all these, all these things. I, I didn't really the natural progression into the multi-day endurance and stuff, which I guess we'll get into. It wasn't, it was never really the plan that was never planned. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I was just enjoying it. I was in just enjoying this new fulfillment of my life and just enjoying seeing where I could take it. And, and, you know, I was 20 years old man. I had my own company, I had my own gym. I was running, I was just loving life, you know? And mm. I was just like one big defining moment, not really fitness related, but you know, one of my best friends that I went to, went to school where we lived together and, and when we went to college was, you know, he came home from college and this guy was doing really well. Like he's a smart lad and his third year in college, like he was top of the class and everything. And, you know, I met him one day for a coffee and he was like, geez, I was like, your man, you're killing it. You know, you're doing so well. And he had a job waiting for him from Electric Ireland, which is a big electrical company when he left college. And he was still in college at this time, you know, and he just said, man, he said, I hate it. I'm miserable. I wish I was doing what you were doing, you know, and I hadn't a clue what I was doing, but it just gave me. <laughs> me like i was just like wow okay cool so you know so i had to take a bit of time to figure out okay what am i doing where am i taking this and i just knew that fitness endurance training was kind of the way i wanted to shape my my life and my lifestyle and, and that's really kind of how i went about it and so, so Shane, this, first- is, 
sorry, just before we progress here, this is yeah, interesting sure. because I think no matter what age a man is, you, you said about being young and so on, I think men, I think anybody, regardless of men or women, go through this throughout their life um, about finding mm. purpose and meaning and, you know, a direction, whether it be 16, 15, you know, 42, 60, people have these moments that reassess and you obviously found this with these these events and it's interesting yeah. to talk about the adversity like on your own and overcoming this because people often seek out the easy pathway, right? And then we hear in Buddhism and we hear in Stoicism or you hear people like Jordan Peterson or other people talk about suffering, life is suffering and we, you know, we have to overcome suffering. You seem to have been able to tap into this suffering and kind of embrace it or lean into it and go, yeah, it is suffering, but there's this massive kind of transformation that is occurring with you. And you, you, were, you were lucky enough to tap into that as a young person, like you say, where you felt fulfilled regardless of money, regardless of fame, fortune, whatever you want to talk about. But you found this niche that made you truly happy. And that obviously shone out of you like a beacon where other people looked at you and went, they didn't ask you how much money they made. They didn't ask you what your qualifications were. They didn't ask you, you know, what kind of car you were driving. They were just saying, you know, I wish I was doing that. Do you feel mm-hmm. kind of, I suppose, lucky or grateful that you were able to latch on to such a kind yeah. of a, a giving activity at such a young age where people don't get that sometimes into their 40s or some people never get it? hundred uh, percent. You just, you took the words out of my mouth. I, like I'm, I'm a quite a, you know, I do, I'm a big reader. I, I like reading and I'm also a very reflective person as well. And I often think, and I, I don't have the answer to it. I often think about what would I be doing or where would I be if I didn't decide to run that first marathon? I have no idea what I'd be doing. Do you know what I mean? And it's just for, you know, like millions of people every year run marathons. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, yeah, it's great. Like they raise money for charity, et cetera, et cetera. But I think I just made that call at the right time in my life. Mm. And, you know, turning, turning 18, usually lads don't decide, fuck, I'm going to run a marathon. It's more like, I'm going to go to Ibiza with the lads yeah, drinking yeah. and whatnot <laughs> yeah, for a yeah. week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, so I actually had trouble signing up because I was trying to sign up before I was 18. You used to be 18 to sign up. So I actually just made up, I just put on my cousin's name and just paid with my card for my first marathon. I was like, I have to get in. I like, you know, I got to do it. And it just like, it completely changed the course of my life. Like, you know, and I'm just so grateful. I, I, I made that decision. I, I don't like boast about it because I understand that there's a lot of other, you know, I speak a lot. I do a lot of speaking now in, I go back to, you know, companies and I got like big companies in Ireland, schools, there's a lot of schools. I love going to schools because the thing that, you know, I feel is I can see young lads, I can see myself sitting in front of me, like, mm. do you know what I mean? And I just wish when I was in third year or fourth year of my secondary school life, that somebody like me came in and said, hey lads, listen, you know, if it doesn't work out in college, like it's all right. Like if you struggle in school, you'll still be okay. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you know, you'll figure it out, like just do what you want to do. And I just wish somebody came and told me that when I was in fourth year. Because like I said, I lacked, I've, I was, my self-confidence and belief in myself was probably zero, to be very honest with you. And a lot of people find that very hard to to wrap their head around now when they meet me and then when they see me. And I'm just like, I just, I just sit like, I'm, I'm, I'm just a normal lad from Southwest Ireland that just loves the outdoors and loves running and just enjoys life, you know. But it wasn't always that way. And I just had to really call, I'm, I'm very, 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 very protective of it now as well i don't leave a lot of things in that i don't enjoy doing and i just i'm yeah. very protective of what i've kind of made as well and, and that kind of comes into just being a bit selfish and stuff too and as an irish um another irish man you know growing up in ireland we're kind of told not to be that way so i kind of had to go against the grain just a, a small bit there and say you know you know it's oh, it's not right to be selfish but you, you kind of do in a, in, a, in a subtle way as well you know so yeah it just led me on this path and like 
you know, I was obviously then kind of, I, I, I found this business streak in myself, you know, I'd be, I'd be pretty entrepreneurial minded. I, I always was as a child. I remember even being 12 years old and going around the parish at home, like every once a week, like cleaning people's cars and cutting their grass. And I cleaned the car for 20, but then I, if they gave me 30, I'd cut the lawn as well for them. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, like, I was value. always up to, I was always up to things. You know what I mean? I was yeah, yeah. always up to things. I remember dropping out of college, right? And again, you might be able to relate it, or maybe somebody listening might be able to relate to this. My biggest fear was going home telling my parents because I was like, you know, they had obviously, you know, they'd paid for my accommodation and things like that. And I was just like, I went home, right? And I remember driving home with all my stuff in the car. I walked into the house and my mother was like, how was your week? And I was like, how was great? And my dad was like, are you on tomorrow? I need you to give me a hand. I was like, yeah, I'm on tomorrow. And she's like, do you have a busy week next week? I was like, not really. And I never told them I was dropping out. So I just signed myself out of college. I was like, I'm not, I can't do this. Like, um, and I told him, I was like, I'm not going back, you know, I've, I've dropped out. And I was expecting there to be fireworks, you know. And um, my mother was just like, oh, that's all right. Sure, you'll be around for the week, so. And I was like, yeah. And then my dad turns to me. And my dad, like, my dad left school when he was 14. My dad's been working since he's four. Like, he, everything he has, he built himself, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he turned around to me. He goes, he goes, well, he got fair play to you. He said, you're on your own now. Figure it out. So I was just like, <laughs> it's fucking right. Do you know what I mean? So I got I to gotta figure it out. You yeah, know? Yeah. So it was pretty cool. And then obviously, you know, the 12 and the 24 and things like that, the 24 and the 36 days across America, they were very scripted and planned. The 12 just happened, you know, myself, my business partner, Mark, we bought a, a, we bought a van for our gym, like a Volkswagen van. And I bought it in Monaghan. And I don't know if there's anybody listening from Monaghan, but anytime I've been in Monaghan, I just have not had good luck. Um, bought a dodgy van there. I nearly tore my calf there in the 24 marathons. And anytime Kerry go up there the last couple of years, they always seem to lose in football. So I'm just like, so I went up to Monaghan, bought the van. And two days after buying it, there was an engine light on it. I was like, fuck hell. So I drove to Dublin for a seminar with a guy called Phil Graham. He's a big kind of, um, he's big in the fitness industry. Some of your listeners might have, might have heard of him before. And I uh, came out of the seminar and the van wouldn't start. And um, <laughs> so I called my father and uh, I said, listen, <laughs> this van won't start. And he just, again, typical Irish uh, fatherly support. He goes, I told you not to fucking buy that van. He said, you can run home. And hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the van finally started one of the lads there it was just the battery was actually dead i don't know one of the lads in the seminar actually had jump leads and we got it started and i, I never i never remember his name but um yeah i was like geez yeah run home that's a fuck it. that's a weird idea so i clocked it um and it was about nine marathons from dublin to literally the door of my parents house and um i was like i left it and i was just like that's 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 a bit mad you know running from dublin down to dingle and uh, I was there again two weeks later because at the time I was seeing a girl in Dublin and I drove home the old Dublin road. So down back country, you know, and I got it to 11 marathons. I was like, right, if I'm going to do this, it's got to be over the double. It has got to be the double figures, you know. So that that point, I was like, OK, I'm going to do 12 marathons in 12 days. And um, it was my first kind of, I suppose, delve into the ultra endurance world. And the reason I did it, Ian, was because I wanted to do something bit different for the charity. Like we were always doing these one half marathons and raising three, four, five K. But I was like, I wanted to do something a bit bigger because I was getting more attached to the charity. I was beginning to meet families, meet kids, meet people um, and stuff like that. And he's like, well, I have to do something kind of mad really to just get a bit more <laughs> PR for it, get more funds, you know? So we did, and we raised about 34 K, um, which at the time was massive. You know, it was a lot of, we'd never really done any online stuff or anything like that. Um, and that was what I would say, a baptism of fire into multi-day endurance sports. You know, I, I, 
it's hard to train for this stuff and I had no idea how to train. I knew like obviously my own background in training and I had a very good education. I, 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 I teach myself a lot of things. Um, but trust me, dude, when you're on your eighth day and you're on your eighth marathon, there's no training plan for that stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. just more kind of survival, you know? So then, then that kind of obviously led into the 24. And again, when I finished the 12, I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm never again doing something like that. Do you know what I mean? Because that was, that was tough. That was hard. It took me a good about a month to recover from it. And I did, I stuck to my word. I, you know, I left about a three year break and flew to Melbourne in Australia to do an Ironman with one of my best mates. And that was, uh, I was just like class. I love Ironman. Ironman's so cool. So Ironman was my new thing now, you know? Um, and it was Christmas of 15, 16, um, Christmas 15, 16, again, you know, we had our family around for Christmas, Mary and her family were around and we went out for dinner and it's funny in life how these things happen, right? We've got a couple of periods in our life where, you know, you just very vividly remember the moment and we went out for dinner, like a family dinner, like, you know, between Christmas and the new year when there's a couple of lag days there and there's not much going on. And we walked into this restaurant and lo and behold, who was inside there, but one of Mary's doctors, who's been one of her doctors since she was a child in Dublin. And we just got chatting and he goes to me, he said, oh, are you, uh, are you Mary's cousin, Shane? Are you the guy who does the running? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's me, you know? So we had a couple of words over and back and they were leaving and I got up and so I just shook his hand and said goodbye. And now the rest of the family were down the restaurant a little bit and the man turns to me, this doctor, you know, very, very well-spoken man, well-dressed. He was in his 60s, I'd say, and he turned to me, he said, um, you know, I'm not too sure how much you know, but he said, that girl feels the feeling of pain. 24 hours a day and it was almost like the only thing i can relate that probably 30 seconds to was when i you know when we all heard the news about 9-11 it's a horrible yeah, yeah. Th- horrible thing but it was felt like a very similar thing and i was just i remember that whole that whole week that whole new year i was literally numb and i was just like man i was like what are you doing like there's you you're leaving so much on the table like there's so much more you could do so literally within 48 hours of that happening i decided i was going to run 24 marathons in 24 days and 24 counties around ireland um to represent the 24 hours a day and somebody with a disability and and their family predominantly the charity um that i was representing spine a bit ireland and yeah man that was again it just ignited another little fire underneath me and you know it's funny like all these things kind of uh they all seem to just click into each other, you know? And then, yeah, the 24 marathons of training and stuff was was just mad. I trained like a lunatic, um, you know, I got was really fit. I was really strong, load of strength, a heap of strength training going into it, a lot of mountain running and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, like we, we executed, we got it done. I had an amazing experience. I met some phenomenal people. Like, you know, you're doing something good when, when Conor McGregor's coach, John Cavanaugh, like DMs you on Twitter saying like, call over to the gym if you're passing. And like that evening, we were we were about two hours away down the country from the gym, and I turned around to my cousin. I was like, "Get the fucking van there, man. We're going back up to Dublin to meet Jack." We did. We drove back up to Dublin, and I spent yeah, yeah. about an hour with him in his office talking to him. Um, but we raised one hundred and forty-two grand. It was the single biggest fundraiser the charity had ever had. Excellent. Um, we the whole country like was just was was just brought together through the charity, and it was just really 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 cool. Um, and then after that, I was just like, right, that's it. No, I'm fucking done, man. I gotta like, start, I gotta go back and build this business, and I gotta keep. You know, we had big plans with the business. We were going kind of. We were actually, we were very close to like signing a, a deal with a with an investor for to like develop a franchise model for the gym. 
uh, we had units, we'd looking at units in the US and stuff like that. And it was just, it was all go, do you know what I mean? And I was just like, in my head, I was like, when this 24 marathon is put to bed, when it's done, fundraising is done, all the PR stuff is done. And I said, I am going all in on this business. And um, so yeah, Shane, just, like, before, just before you embark on that chapter, because I know that's sure, another, sure, another, sure. another segment, I want to <laughs> ask you a question, which is a, a, probably an asshole question. You said 24, 24 hours, 24 marathons in 24 yeah. days, in 24 counties. Now there's 32 counties in Ireland. Why didn't you just do the 32? Because it had been done before. Somebody had done 32 and 32 and 32. And uh, I was like, you know, you don't, you don't want to be that guy that does the same thing again. So there was a lad from Mullingar actually, who's been a huge mentor to me, Jerry Duffy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. No. He, he did an uh, interesting guy. He's a really interesting guy. Yeah. So he had done the 32. He was the first guy in Ireland to ever do anything like that. Um, and the reason, like, I wanted to just, like, it wasn't, like I could have done 50. I could have done 100. I was I was like, the 24 was symbolic because it was like my cousin Mary is in pain 24 hours a day. Do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not like a yeah. nine to five thing. Like she's not in yeah, pain yeah. like while she's going to sleep. Like she wakes up four, five, six, eight times a night like because she's in pain. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I was like, fuck's sake. There's something I can do. Like, do you know? And the other thing as well, like we talk, like we can talk about the money raised. Like we've raised over 320K, right? In, in eight years, right? Yeah. That's great. And that's what all the articles say. That's what all the interviews, that's the first question I'm asked every single time. But there's, so it goes a lot deeper than that. Like the, the, the kids I met, my own family, my own cousin, I just saw the pure and utter happiness that it brought them. Yeah, yeah. And it's just the joy of them the being involved in yeah. something. And just them being something positive because their whole life is like stacked against them. Everything is negative for the poor people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this was a positive thing. Um, and we got a lot of the kids from the charity involved as well. Like we got them doing like um, one little lad in, 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 in Kildare. Like what he did was he went out and every day over the 24 marathons, he, he wheeled himself around the loop of his park and he raised two grand. You know what I mean? This little lad is seven years old, you know? So little things like that was yeah, was, yeah. was great. And we got, became more, became a lot more about me, less less about me and more about the team, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. And so, Shane, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put negative things on because people are going, the lad ran 24 marathons, will you give him a break? But I want to ask you, I just, that's why I just wanted to ask you about the 32. So that's good. The other thing I wanted to ask you as well is, what, why, what, have you ever considered, or have have you ever considered running around Ireland to circumnavigate the whole island? I have. You've done it I or have. you considered it? I've considered it. I'm thinking about it for, for maybe 2021. Um, but it'd be, it'd be our, late 2021 or early 2022. I have an event planned for 20, early 2022. If I get into it, um, I'll, be going, I'll be going to race it. So um, that's so the what, Ice Ultra in Sweden. What, so distance, if, what, um, dist- what distance is it around Ireland before we talk about the Ice Ultra? What distance? Um, I, I think it's around 4K, um, 4,000 kilometers. I don't know what that is in, in miles, but it's... Around it's, Ireland? Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole of Wild Atlantic Way, if you're to, if you're, I mean, if you're to really do the perimeter, and I mean, like, all follow the water all the way around, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a long, it's a long trip. The Wild Atlantic Way itself is, that's from Donegal down to West Cork, is, is 2250. Two, 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 um, so you're going so in and out, in and out, in and out constantly type of thing nearly. Yeah, going, so you're literally almost, down, so. yeah. So you're not cutting off any peninsulas. You're going down every little boreine, every back road. So it's it like my, my idea, I was going to cycle the Wild Atlantic Way this year. 
um, just maybe like a solo thing and just throw the backpack on the bike and, and sleep in ditches and stuff. But um, obviously, COVID put a bit of a, a stop to that. But so Shane, no, Shane, I, Shane. I, I have plans. I have hold, plans. Hold on there now. I want to. I want to. I want to. We're going to settle on this here for a second now. I want to. Yeah, I want to yeah, ponder this point because. I want to ask you a couple of questions here. How long do you reckon that would take you to do four thousand k's? How many how many k's do you reckon you could do a day? Um, that's a great question, and it's something I thought about a lot when we were prepping for America. And it's like realistically, what's what's like available? Fifty come down to a couple of things. Yeah, fifty is usually fifty is fifty is okay because fifty is five ten k's. So I mean, depending on like you know what you can do in a day, and um, you could push. I could obviously push it over the marathon now. Obviously, of course, but you know you could get optimistic and say sixty a day. But you know what happens if you have a day where you know your quad tightens up and you have to walk and you're not a daylight and you know things like that. So. There's a, there's a lot of variables. That's the thing with the multi-day stuff. There's so many variables. You know, you could have a great day, you could have a bad day. Um, Shane, so, yeah. I, I, I have a terrible story to tell you now. Go for it. A terrible story. That's going to be Go terrible, for for, terrible for other people. Maybe terrible for us. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you something that happened to me four nights ago before this podcast. I was thinking, oh, about, your, I was thinking about your events. Okay. I, went, I went to bed and I was lying there dozing. And in my head, I thought, I wonder if you can run around Ireland. I wonder what distance it is. And I was like, maybe it's seven or eight hundred k, something like that. She could easily do that. Yeah. And then you said there about four thousand k's. Anyway, it's been on my mind, Shane, for days and days and days. So I'm going to say this okay. to you right here. I'm going to say this right here in the podcast. I won't edit it out. In 2022. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying this out now. In 2022, if you want to run around Ireland. Yep. In the summer. Sure. I'll run it with you. Okay, that sounds good. Can we not do it in the winter, no? I like the hardship of the bad weather. Yeah, I'm coming from the fucking tropics. <laughs> you want to put me in. I want to joke. And you want to put me. You Because the reason I think in the summer, not so much the weather, because I'll still be cold anymore when I go back, is you have more light. Yeah. You'll have more natural light. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But sounds like that, fun, man. I'll, I'll, I'll say that to you right now. No joke. Cool. Oh, on, May to September in that window, 2022. You heard it here first, guys. Yeah, you heard, heard like it here first. You ponder that and let me know if you want to do that. And I'll, I'll uh, we'll consider, we'll really, truly consider putting a plan in action and see if we can do that. That's a big logistic I, challenge. I'm already um, contemplating the conversations that we'd have on a trip like that would be very, very fun. We should do like a, a podcast every day <laughs> on some weird topic that we're talking about on that day. I need I need a big event in my life, I think, at the moment, which um, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be about 44. 44, 45 or thereabouts. I need a kind of a midlife crisis. Absolutely. Biologically, what age do you think you hit your, you probably know this answer, but what age do you think you hit your actual peak endurance for, for ultra? Well, depending on what the science says. It's very, it's, it's uh, mixed I, I, I don't think I have, to be honest with you. I think I've yeah. chopped and changed too much from, you know, long distance running to swimming to jujitsu. I've jumped around too much. What I do know is that my VO2 max, which is a measure of aerobic capacity, is quite high. It's actually 70, ending over 55. Oh, wow. Yeah, ending over 55 is elite. So I know mm-hmm. that at 70, uh, it's it's really good. And I think to after speaking with physiologists, I don't think I've actually maxed out what I can do from an aerobic capacity point of mm-hmm. view. Uh, I've you know finished in the top 15% of 100-kilometer mountain runs. I've done marathons at about 3.08, I think is my three hours, eight minutes is my, PB but I still don't think I have maxed out my aerobic capacity I think I'm still a, f- a number of uh, years or events away from it but I'm looking but you know what Shane I, as much as I like the numbers I, I like you 
in the fact that, like you, and I'm in the fact of it's a transformation for me. People talk about, you know, oh, I listen to Joe Rogan and I want to do DMT and I want to do mushrooms. I, I said to people, go and fucking run 100 kilometers in the mountains because tell you one thing, you will live your life the next six months very different after that. And for me, those events are what, that, that those kind of transformation events is what does it for me. They really make yeah. me look at my life and look at what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I get massive growth through those, so... So yeah. One, one, so they say forty-eight is that's what this is the science is. But again, everyone's a bit different. We're all we're all different, right? But we don't believe one, in one science in this podcast. We don't believe in science. <laughs> <laughs> one thing there, right? One thing that just popped into my head. What you just said about that, right? Is people looking for people looking for change, right? Um, you know, change is a change is a thing. Like, but you have you need to instigate it. It doesn't. Just, yeah, sometimes it happens. But you, a lot of the, if you're looking for meaningful change in your life, you need to be the instigator. And that's that's yeah. what I, that's what I believe. The second thing that you, and one thing you just said there, right, was, and I, I never mentioned in the intro, people ask me all the time, like why. You know, I know, look, I know obviously the charity stuff very deeply. It's like close to my family. Like we've, I've grown up with it. You know, the money, fantastic. Money is probably third or fourth down the list for me for the charity that we've, the money we've raised. But probably the primary thing for me, and I guess and this, I'm talking about me personally, is I love the lifestyle. I love the lifestyle of having a goal of waking up, training, yeah. eating good food, like being in a, like being in a, in a mind space, knowing that what I'm doing is what I, I enjoy what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? And I don't say it all the time. And it's not because I feel bad, but in like we've said this, we've had conversations off air on my podcast for an hour after the show. There's a lot of people out there, Ian, that would love to be doing the stuff that I'm doing, but they can't or they won't for some other reason. You know what I mean? So I'm just kind of, I love what I'm doing. I love the lifestyle. I love what I've created for myself, unknown to myself. I didn't know what I was doing for quite a while. I will say that as well. It's only in the last 18 months or so, and particularly since COVID hit, that I'm like, I, I'm, on the right, I'm on the right track. Mm. I, I enjoy what I'm doing, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very protective of that going forward as well in my life. I, I think you make some interesting points there. Like, you know, people have said to me before, and I haven't done some of the, you know, the, to the, the degree that you have, but people say, why? And I often answer, why not? Like, why not do it? Like, why not challenge yourself? I like to challenge myself in different domains, cognitively, in my research, in my, you know, education, whatever it might be. And if you knew me at school, you'd be like, that's the last lad I thought was going to be a scientist. You would have thought I would have been smoking crack down a, down an alleyway somewhere. <laughs> that's really what you would have thought, right? So I was, a, I was a bit of an idiot. You know, I was too busy trying to be cool, going to pubs and whatever. So that being said, I think, you know, why not? And the other thing, like you, I raised a fair bit of money for Ronald McDonald House charities here over the years. And you go in there and you see little kids that are sitting in there sick or they can't get up and walk around. Break your heart, man. You walk out there with tears in your eyes, right? And yeah. you think to yourself, right, and like with your family member as well, you know, you, the people are living in pain and discomfort. And we're blessed yeah. with this ability to move around and, and everything's in our control. So, you know, it kind of irks me sometimes when people go, I can't do this and I can't do that. No, you're, you're well fit and healthy. I'd rather you said, I don't want to do it. You got no interest. I have probably more respect for you. But don't say you can't do it. You can do it. Yeah. We can all yeah. push ourselves in different ways. And I'm not saying you have yeah. to go out and like run 12 marathons, 12 days. Maybe it's a 5k run. You know. Yeah. Maybe it's a it's a it's a 10k walk. Whatever it is, you know. And what mm. you were saying there reminds me of a book called Victor by Victor Frankel, a Man's Search for Meaning, which is about you know during the Holocaust and stuff. And 
we got you got to find meaning you got to find purpose yeah. and i think if you get up every day kind of licking your finger and sticking it into the air and going what am i going to do today which way is the wind blowing i think you're on the yeah. wrong path i think you need to be sort of planning out your day looking back on like you say reflective activities looking forward what's something i'm going to work towards i like to have a goal every six months you know and the last couple of years i've been kind of running in the winter swimming in the summer and doing yeah. jiu-jitsu as well and i've had some stuff in between but then again every time i have something in between like like i had a surgery a few months ago as people know I use that then as that my goal now is to get back and do a push-up. So it's finding that purpose within those yeah. periods of even shit, like where you get back up and yeah. you want to go forward. And I think, I think that's a really, the numbers here are, are somewhat irrelevant and the targets are yeah. irrelevant. It's what you're trying to achieve. You know, it's whether it's, whether it's me and you having banter here about running around Ireland or whatever it is, you know, and I'm dead serious now, by the way. So if anybody thinks I'm, I'm dead serious I'm, too. and people, people, you know, I think, you know, I'm joking. I'm not joking about that. That that's something I would love to do. It's so funny. like, I, I, so I'm just, I just, I just want to kind of support what you're saying there, Shan. Is that like, mm. you know, you need to have that purpose and that meaning, that drive, because you yeah. don't want to be one of those people in your 60s or 70s going, oh, I could have done this and I should have done this and I could have been a footballer and I could have been that and I was fit when I was 17, yeah. but then you know, kids and family yeah. and blah blah blah. Yeah, you can still do something in between, lads. Yeah, absolutely. I, before we before before we move on, I'm going to share a really quick story with you. That I don't. I've shared it once in my own podcast, and I do sometimes when I give talks, but not all talks, right? About three months after I finished the 24 marathons, um, we had an event in Dublin in a hotel in Dublin, and it was filmed for documentary. So what we did was we did a um, a, a premiere kind of in, in an accessible hotel where members of the charity and stuff could come and they could watch the documentary and they loved it. And it was a fantastic night. We had great fun. And um, it was, it was a really great, I got to meet so many people I'd never met before, but I got up the next morning and I was checking out at the hotel and I was driving back down to Kerry and it's a slight dig there. Sometimes what's the best thing to do in Dublin? It's like drive back down to Kerry. But um, <laughs> I was, I was about, I was about to walk out the door of the hotel and my bag on my back and, and, and this, this woman, you know, kind of comes across the foyer and she says, are you, are you Shane? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. And she called over her little son, Dara, which is a very Irish name. And don't um, tell me, Dara, don't tell me, don't, don't tell me, don't, don't tell me this story is going where I think it's going to go. No, 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 no. Okay. It's, not, it's not what you're thinking. It's not what you're thinking. Jesus. <laughs> so anyways, this woman, uh, and to be honest, I wouldn't be a massive crier, right? But I, like, this is the one point in my life where I drove back down home and I was just like, wow, that was a, that was a pretty horror. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. So this woman, you know, called her son over and said, this is Dara. And I can't remember, the, for, the, for just in the moment, I couldn't remember the lady's name. Hmm. And she said to me that, yeah, look, we raised 142K in the 24 Martins. Great, fantastic, brilliant. Put on summer camps, did all this kind of stuff for kids. It was fantastic. This woman was a single mom living in a, in a housing estate in, in North Dublin, living on her own, and her son was seven years old. Um, and they know a bathroom downstairs in their house, okay? And every day since this little boy was born, or since she, she would have to carry him physically, carry a disabled boy up the stairs to use the toilet every day, sometimes two or three times a day. And it got to stage when the boy had turned seven, and you know, the lad was growing, like he was mm. getting a bit bigger. And every time that young lad wanted to use a toilet, his mother would have to start ringing neighbors to come over and help carry him up the stairs. So out of the 24 marathons, the money that we raised, the charity put aside about 3,300 euros and they put a bathroom in downstairs in our house. Jesus. And 
she broke down crying in front of me. Man, I'm getting tears in my eyes now already. That's crazy. I never, that's, yeah, never met her. I never, I never knew this happened. I never knew that this this was happening. Obviously, when we raised the money, I'd say, look, can we drop a plan? What you guys going to use the money for and stuff like that? So we put a bathroom. Like this woman turns to me and says, "You've you've changed. You've you've changed my 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 little boy's life. You've changed my life. You know what I mean? That's powerful. And it's powerful shit, man. And you know, I had just the twenty four, just finished the twenty four marathons, and I was driving home, and I was just like. I have no idea. You have no idea who you're impacting. You know, I've made the decision to mm. carry my life in this way. I have no idea who I'm helping. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, like I had closed a book, man. I closed that ultra endurance book. You know, I was like, I'm going to travel a bit, you know, I'm going to work on the business. And I was just like, that book didn't stay closed for very long. You know what I mean? Cause I knew that like what I was doing was correct. It felt right. It felt good. I was just like, I'm doing, I'm helping people like this is, this is a cool way to live my life, you know? So that's, that's like, you know, I, and when I heard when I, that, that was one of the points in my life where I was just like, man, I'm, I'm doing good stuff here. I, I, I like this, you know? That's yeah. That's a powerful story, man. That's that's awesome, and that's that's um that's that's great power for you into this other event here that you've done as well, which we'll just discuss, um, which is the you cycled and ran across America in thirty six days. So did you cycle in one? Did you cycle across and then run back, or did you cycle and run? What did you do? Did you get a puncture? What happened? Uh, and I tell you, I was laughing. I have these. I don't know if there's any cyclists on the show, but tires are a big thing for cyclists. And I had gotten a puncture in four months training around West Kerry in the <laughs> wind and the wet and the rain and the bumpy roads. About 45 minutes into day one across America, front tires. Like, fuck's sake. So it could only happen to me. So basically, um, I do a lot of guest lecturing, um, Ian, for university in Connecticut. And they send a lot of students to study abroad in Dingle, and they're, they're building a six million euro campus across the water here so i yeah so i had gone over there i had gone over right after the 24 marathons i flew over to do ironman lake placid in upstate new york and i spent some time with my family in boston and my godmother and stuff like that and um loved it and i was down in uh down in connecticut um i suppose a couple months before the ironman and uh i had gone over just for for a weekend basically they had to you know i do some guest lecturing for their exercise science program here in dingle and they flew me over because they were updating the uh, syllabus and the curriculum and stuff like that. And I was in a coffee shop in the town, lovely little town, and my phone rang. And it was Tom, who was the CEO of the charity here in Ireland. And uh, he was like, uh, we got bad news. And my first thing was like, somebody was after dying. That was the first thing mm. I thought. Like one of the kids or somebody was after passing away. That's what I thought yeah, straight yeah, off. Yeah. And I actually got cut off because I was on a, I was on a bill pay. I was on a credit phone. I was like back when I wasn't, uh, wasn't with the cool kids, you know? So I had to ring him through like FaceTime from my laptop and I had no headphones. And he was like trying to tell me this. I was in the middle of a cafe and I was just like, fucking hell. But basically what happened was they get a lot of funding every year from the national lottery. Um, yeah. And that, that had been cut for 2020. And which meant that, all the kids summer camps that we put on in 2019 because of the, or 2018 because of the 24 marathons were now no longer going to go ahead. So at the time, you know, like you, you can relate to this, maybe, you know, you had finished a huge event, you know, I was back working, I was doing all my stuff. I was back, I was doing a lot of coaching and stuff now at this point, And I was kind of like, ah, I need something, you know? And it was just like, it just fucking happened again, man, at this time. And I, I, I didn't think about it straight away. I went for a walk down to the beach just to clear my head because I was like, I'm going to freak out in this cafe if somebody says something to me. So I went for a walk and I walked down right again, Atlantic Ocean. And I was like, Jesus said, if I, if I start swimming now, I'll get home in, in probably, you know, I don't know how many days, <laughs> but it just hit me. I was like, cross America. 
that's that's fucking cool you know what i mean so what i decided to do was literally and all this planned within 24 hours i was just going to start from the golden gate bridge san francisco i had some business contacts and there's a local man from here from kerry that's a hugely successful businessman in, in san francisco like mega mega businessman and um, my family we know him very well and i have a lot of contacts in the irish community and irish business scene in new york so it's like logically that's a good place to start and finish i went I was going to start finish in Boston because I have a lot of family there, but the corporate uh, side is of my it, brain. Uh, is, is, is there Irish people in Boston? There's a few. Yeah, there's, yeah, few there's a few. Yeah, there's a few scattered around there. Yeah, yeah, there's a few scattered. <laughs> I remember walking down, walking down like through Quincy one day, and some fella go, "Harding shed." Across the street, and I was only there for a couple of days, and it was one of my like one of my friends' cousins from home. I was like, "Fucking hell!" But um, it's probably what like I suppose Perth and Melbourne and them are oh, like Perth, now. You know? Perth, Perth is getting like that now, yeah, in Western Australia. Yeah, like I was the first so, Irish person to come over here. Now there's loads, you know. <laughs> started the trend. So I was like, so I opened up my laptop, and I was like, "Wow, do you know everything I'd done was running?" Now I still was cycling act with the Ironmans and stuff. I don't know. I love, yeah. I love cycling, so I was just like, so I opened up my laptop, and I was just like, I put it into Google Maps. I was like fuck is America's big man you know I was yeah, like, big. yeah yeah <laughs> I ran across Ireland I ran around it a bit and I around Ireland I was just like oh my god man America is a big country so uh, if I was to run the whole thing it was going to take me 111 days and that's a marathon every day so what's, so it, what's, was, the, what's the distance it was just over 5000k um, so I was just like, this is a big country lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what I decided to do logistically, now I get to the point, uh, in where I had crew, I had my physio, my OLED kind of comes with me for every single thing I do and stuff like that, you know? So I had other people now to consult before I decided I was going to actually do this. So in my head, I was like 12, 24, Fuck, it's got to be 36 something, you know? Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. just like, uh, so I decided to break it down into to biking and running. So what I did was I biked uh, for three days and ran for three days. So I cycled about 220K a day, um, sometimes more or sometimes a little bit less for three days. And then I ran somewhere between kind of 50, 48 being the, the smallest or the, the, the shortest. And then six, 15, 16, 62 being the longest for three days. So that was six days and I did that six times and that got me from the Golden Gate Bridge in New York to the uh, to the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, excuse me, to the Brooklyn Bridge in New York. And uh, 36 days, we raised 90K. And uh, we got, now again, ironically, all the summer camps would have been cancelled anyway because of COVID, but, you know, at least we know they're going to go ahead next summer. Um, you know, so we, we made a plan, got it done, built the team, executed, had a blast along the way, struggled a lot. That was the hardest thing I've done other than the first marathon. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was such an such amazing experience. Like America is just this, uh, you know. It, it, I I'm I I love the place. I, I mean, I do. I really like. I have a newfound appreciation after crossing it. Uh, the people, you know, you can say what you want about America and the people and stuff like that. But for me, they opened us with, you know, they they loved us. And and mm -hmm. one funny story: we stopped one day in a, in a wet, wet, dirty, wet day in the middle of nowhere, Utah, and we had an Irish flag. No, I've been in Utah. I've been in Utah a few times. Yeah. Man, it's an open place. There's not yeah, much yeah. there. We pulled into this city called Blanding. Now, it was bland. There was not much there, man. I'd say that's why they called it Blanding. But anyway, we pulled. it's been pouring rain all day, and I was after a long day, and I was after knocking out nearly 250K on the bike, and I was tired and been pouring rain all day, and we pulled into the campsite. Now, the tricolor, which is an Irish flag, the orange, because it has, had got wet in the rain, had turned a little bit darker. And your man looks at the flag, he goes what the heck is the story with the Italian flag? And I was like, oh no, that's, a, that's an Irish flag. I said, we're from Ireland. Yeah, he goes, yeah. 
because it, it, it was raining, the flag got wet. And anyway, it turns out your man, right, had been to Dingle <laughs> in 1991 <laughs> on a tour. And he was just like, he didn't, no, he didn't leave us alone for the whole, like, he was just so happy, like, because he had been to Ireland before. Yeah, in Utah, yeah. not a, you know, I'd say the people in Utah wouldn't travel a lot, you know, but they wouldn't travel to Europe and things because it's not as accessible, obviously. But yeah, he'd been to, he'd been to, um, he'd been to Dingle and Utah is actually a, a dry state. It's a Mormon state. It's a dry state. So you can't yeah, yeah, yeah. buy alcohol there. So I was going to say, it's anyway. quite, for people who don't know Utah, Utah is like nearly, it's predominantly Mormon. And I think outside yeah. of Salt Lake City, it's like 90% Mormon people. Um, yeah. By the way, Mormon people, great people. I've been there a couple of awesome. times in Salt Lake City, great yeah. people, but you're right. You can't get alcohol. And in the place you can get alcohol, you have to buy food with it. There's all these rules yeah. about it, different places about it. So it's a bit odd. And on top of that, then it's a very right-wing state. Like it's very Republican. Republican. people believe there's nsa places there there's very kind of you know mega flags like massive american flags flying so it's very much like and like you say it's and then it's dry in nature in terms of like how it looks to like get these big deserts but it's also a great place yeah. for snow like in park city people go there skiing they had the winter olympics there one year so they're kind of a bizarre place it's it's nearly like a country i would say within america so for context yeah. of people like it is quite different yeah and one other thing I noticed as well, like across America, like the, the um, obviously the vastness and the, the differences in the terrain and whatnot. But one thing I noticed was when, when we ran around Ireland in the 24 marathons, you know, you get people like, you know, get off the road, like people giving out you, like, should we park in there? I'm not joking. I'm not just saying this for the podcast. We did not get one bit of bad language said to us. Nobody said one single thing across the whole continent. Really? We went through towns, cities. We went through not once did somebody say something that's mm. like get off the road that once did somebody beep at us I was expecting to be borderline ridiculed and harassed yeah, yeah, yeah. but a complete opposite complete and utter opposite um, you know and it was just a phenomenal experience I, I loved it I loved it I really enjoyed it now I did lose quite a, a chunk of weight I had a, I had a couple of points again as afterwards and a few burgers wasn't allowed to put it back on me but you know it was a great experience and something I would definitely like I would recommend if any, if there's any ultra athletes listen to this, you want to do the ultimate like experience trip, like uh, have a go across America. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's so yeah. cool. Look, I've been in, I've been in Colorado a couple of times up in Leadville and it always been great experiences The people around there, the people in the town have always had a great time. And I was kind of like, I'm not big on American culture per se, but when I've been in Colorado, I, I've, I've always said, man, I could live here. Like, especially six months of the year, like for the running season, you know, I could easily live yeah. here. It's, you know, running in the mountains and, you know, drinking coffee and whatever, but then reality hits, you got to make money and do some stuff. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so Shane, look, we're probably going to have another podcast, I think again, to talk about some more other stuff that, that you, you have coming up. So I might, might, we might just park some of that because I know there's some other stuff Ooh. you have and I wouldn't mind maybe having you again uh, on again in a few months but I would like to before we wrap up talk about some of the services that you do offer because like I said at the start you got this, this podcast that's been getting very successful but you've also got like you know stuff online at shanefin.com where you do some coaching and listeners I also want to talk about this as well before we talk about the coaching I have uh, I will be um, availing of Shane's services next year because I am going to try and run 200 kilometers continuous uh, next August um, in a backyard ultra where I'm going to run 6.7 hour 6.7 k's on the hour every hour. Somebody said to me yesterday, actually, my massage therapist said, "Why do you want to do that?" And I said, "Because I've never ran more than 170 kilometers." And he goes, "Why don't you just run 171?" I said, "Why not put a two in front of it?" And he just started laughing. And then he says, "Will you be satisfied at the 200?" I said, "Probably not." 
I said, there's a few other things I want to do. I said, in actual fact, I said, I'm going to be talking to a lad tomorrow and I'm going to put the idea into his head about running around Ireland. And he said to me, you're a fucking idiot, is what he said to me. Uh, he's probably like, he's, I know there's, there's one fella that would agree to do this with me. And you're like, I'm going to get him on the podcast and put him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so Shane, tell us, tell us, Sorry. I'll tell you, I'll tell you about the, the, the service I have, but one, one funny yeah. one there, somebody said to me two, two weeks ago, uh, I do, um, you know, sometimes I do these Q and A's and stuff on my Facebook group and on, on Instagram and things like that, you know, and I got one question and it was just like, why do Irish people, why are Irish people very good ultra athletes? And I just, my reply was, I didn't know the answer. I was like, we're not physiologically or biologically gifted in either way than any other race of, of people. I said, but I just replied, it's like, we love misery. <laughs> I felt like it was the only way. It was like, we just, we thrive in misery. That's it. You know, the worse situation, the better. But um, yeah, from the services perspective, I mean... Look, I, sorry, I just going to say there, Shane, I think you're I think you've, there's something actually in that. I think Irish, yeah, I think people, Irish people love being the underdog. We love being told you can't. We love being we love being the smallest nation that fights against things, you know, and I'm not going to get in here yeah. into, into political stuff, but, you know, Winston Churchill said it, Lloyd George said it, we were the thorn in the, in the side of the British Empire the whole time. We were, for such a small country, we did some crazy shit. And in actual fact, the SAS, the British Special Forces, modelled their, their, their um, team structure on the IRA flying columns. Yeah. Right. That's so, like, bad, yeah. So, we have this kind of all this con- constant fighting underdog stuff, and you know, yeah. we'll go out there and we'll do it. So, I think there's something in it, but um, that's a poli- that's a conversation for a bunch of politicians. I think <laughs> I don't want to get into that one. They're the right lads to bring on. You would so want the fellas the, that are there at the moment. So uh, some of the services you have there, Matt. What, what have we got on? Yeah, so it, obviously I'm doing a lot of lot of online coaching of a couple of different kind of tiers and stuff like that. We we've yeah. um it's all it's all available on Shanefin.com. I do a lot of one-to-one stuff. Um I've got clients do at the moment. I've got a client getting ready to run 12 marathons in 12 days. I don't know where he got that idea from. Um <laughs> I've, got, I've got a you know, I have a client in the army who who who's run a hundred miler, he's doing another hundred miler out in Lebanon in a couple of weeks. Um, I've got people doing their first half marathon. I've got people doing their first 70.3, you know? So I like to kind of consider myself as the guy that, you know, I, someone's at A, they want to get to B and I just assist them in getting there. Um, so again, obviously that's all available via shanefin.com. Um, I do a lot of obviously kind of corporate speaking on mindset, fitness, that kind of stuff as well. Um, and then I suppose the last thing then as well, Ian, is, is the podcast and, um, you know, your, 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 your great self, you were one of the most downloaded episodes there. So I think, I still think you're, you're up there. So, uh, the podcast is the pushing limits podcast. And again, it's a very broad podcast. It's not all running. Um, it's, it's a bit more than running. It's more life training, mindset, science. It's a bit of everything really. Um, so I like to keep the discussion broad, open. I let people come on and talk what they want to talk about. And we just have a bit of, a bit of crack, as we say, um, not actual crack cocaine, more crack is in Irish fun. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's good fun. So that's available on the, the pushing limits podcast as well. Yeah, there's a ton of episodes up there. Um, I, I don't know how many you have up there, but there's um, there's a ton of them up there anyway already. Yeah, so, we're, about, we're about 80 now, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was on there in April 2nd of this year and then back on the last couple of weeks. So um, yeah. we kind of, it's kind of a two-parter in some ways because um, we, we, we kind of lead off um, in the second episode about that as well. So if you want to go over there and talk about in context of uh, endurance, we can talk about that there as well. Um, excellent. Well, look, um, Shane, let's uh, let's leave it there, and um, 
hopefully that you know we'll get you get some hits there on your website some people can go over there and check out what you're doing and um, check out the blog there as well as shan has the podcast all at shanfin.com that's f-i-n-n.com and also as well if you want some inspiration follow shan on instagram he posts up some great pictures there i'll tell you one thing shan if you don't make it as a runner you can might make it as a photographer because those pictures some days <laughs> i just sit there and look at them myself and think jesus these are magnificent pictures how do you take those pictures what do you use well, one thing, right? I live in a really, really beautiful part of Ireland. I will, oh, I will say gorgeous, that. Yeah. Like, where I am is like for the outdoors and the adventure and ultra running. Like, man, I have like 10 places I can just go and it mm. looks picture perfect every time. Uh, and I use a, my, I just use my iPhone. I, 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 really? I, 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 yeah, I, just, I have an iPhone 11 Pro. It's a re, it's a very very good camera. It's it's funny. I said that to somebody. Is like the the pictures I take are better than my eyesight, if that makes sense. <laughs> I can't see it. And then I look at the phone. I'm just like, it's better than what it looks through my eyes. So oh, that's just the way technology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's just the way technology is going at the moment. But uh, no, I, I'm a, I have one of my sponsors now at the moment. It's like um, trying to get me a go and the new GoPro and, and things like that. So yeah, we'll try we'll try up the old video game over the next couple of months as well. But sometimes I just like to go out and run and just not like go taking photos and stuff. But I have a little bank of them that, and I have a couple of nice places I go here. So yeah, it's a pretty, pretty picturesque place. Yeah, it's, it's really nice and I think um, you know if you're looking for something to add to your website maybe a photo gallery might be nice of a bunch of pictures right, because yeah. I, I could sit there and just like tap through those or even use them as a like there's one here my favourite trail runs on the Dingle Peninsula I'm just like I might make that my screen server now the other thing that <laughs> kind of pisses me off about this Shane, before we go because I need to call you out on this go for it these are great pictures right it's not like yeah. that every single day in Ireland. People no, often, it's definitely people often, not. People often take those pictures and say to me, how did you ever leave? It's so beautiful. I go, when were you there? And they go, oh, I was there in June. I say, go back on December 23rd at three o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon and take that picture and then report back to me. I said, because <laughs> it's a different story then when the rain is horizontal, you know? Yeah. So, um, Sometimes the rain actually comes back up at you from the ground, you know? But, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, like you're it's, upside down, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I know. Yeah. No, we do, we do, like, in fairness, we, we like... I, I, I take the good with the bad here. Like if there's really, really bad days or whatever, I might just like dress up and go out on the mountain bike or just go running anyways or whatever. But um, then, you know, you get three or four bad days and then you just get one cracker of a day. Yeah, and it just yeah. makes it, you just forget about all the bad days then. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, it's more of a, I just kind of, I don't trust weather apps. Anybody who lives in the Ireland, we, we, we're kind of brought up not trusting weather apps, but <laughs> yeah. I just kind of call it as it is. And I can tell if you can see the stars at about 11 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night, you have a chance of getting a good sunrise the next yeah. morning, you know, so that's kind of so, so, so some great, some great pictures here, lads. So go on, go on, check them out. Um, yeah, really, really good. Shane, listen, thanks very much, man. I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, there's definitely going to be a part two to this, I think. So stay I think tuned. There could be. Yeah, stay we tuned. can get deeper. Thanks, thanks for having me on, Ian. Appreciate it. Good to chat again. No worries.
Thank you.